tonight. I'm in London for a giant pro-Hamas protest. I'll tell you how it goes. It's October 30th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Ezra Levant here for Rebel News. I am in London, England. I'm standing next to the ancient River Thames. Over there, Big Ben, the Houses of Parliament. This is a, an amazing city with an amazing river, centuries of history. Look at this obelisk from Egypt. Let me read to you the inscription. Of course, there's a couple of sphinxes at the base. This obelisk prostrate for centuries on the sands of Alexandria was presented to the British nation A.D. 1819, 204 years ago, by Muhammad Ali, Viceroy of Egypt, a worthy memorial of our distinguished countrymen, Nelson and Abercrombie. So that obelisk was lying down in the sands of Egypt, and it was sent here. And it's been standing here, a symbol of empire and how broadly, you know, the old saying, the sun never set, on the British Empire from India to Canada to Arabia, and of course, uh, even before that, to America. Uh, what's interesting is uh, I don't think that the UK is an imperial power anymore. Rather, it has been colonized by millions of people who have come here, many for good reasons, for the freedom, for the economic opportunity, because it's just such a beautiful place. But others have come here to politically colonize it. And I think that's what we saw today. I don't know how many people were in the rally uh, for Hamas to smash Israel. Uh, I was inside the group, so I saw probably thousands, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were tens of thousands. A week or two ago, there was 100,000, according to police estimates. I don't doubt it at all. I want to show you how I approached this rally. Uh, a lot of it was me being very careful because although there was a large police presence, the police were at the periphery. And so if I chose to go into the crowd, there wasn't a cop in sight. I had to be very gentle with my language, even though I was diametrically opposed to many of the messages in the protest, because if things turned rough, I would have been absolutely helpless, as would our cameraman. So we started off by walking down to the protest. We saw overhead a police helicopter that told us that uh, they were on high alert for regular protest issues. But remember, Hamas is a terrorist group. That's not a matter of opinion. Under UK law, it is a terrorist group. And there are thousands of jihadis on the streets of the UK being tracked, allegedly, by the police. So there is a non-zero risk that a peaceful protest could actually have violent elements. Anyways, when we walked in, we were it was shoulder to shoulder, and it was a very tight space. I saw a uh, friendly gentleman who wanted to talk to us right away, and he was with the Socialist Workers' Party. So he's an indigenous Brit, as we say. And it was interesting to, to listen to him. And I mean, he was just giving boilerplate arguments about socialism. And, and it dawned on me that a lot of the administrative and financial and organizational backbone of the pro-Hamas movement in the UK 
are the Socialist Workers' Party, hard left-wing trade unions that have been a political force in this country for decades. Here, here's some excerpts of my conversation with the first fellow I met, and I was very gentle because there wasn't a cop in sight and I was surrounded. Take a look at how that conversation went. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and why you're here? Yeah, my name is Rob. Uh, I'm a member of the Socialist Party, I'm also a trade unionist. I'm here today because, as you can see, people are absolutely furious at really the genocide, the, uh, the attack on Gaza, and people are marching in solidarity and also in protest against this Tory government that is backing up uh, the Israeli state. So people here are standing in solidarity with ordinary people in Gaza. They can't believe the horrific, uh, you know, attack that is murderous attack that is happening there uh, right now. So now I heard you say just a moment ago that I think you criticized the Labour Party as well. That's what caught my ear. Yeah, What's because, your view on the Labour Party? Well, because what what is scan? It's, it's outrageous, obviously, that the British government is really backing up. Uh, the Israeli government. And you but, think uh, the well, Labour Party is too? But there's no opposition from the Labour leadership. A few years ago, when Jeremy Corbyn was leader, you know, Labour's policy, the, the policy that Starmer got elected on, was to uh, to do away with the illegal occupation of Gaza, campaign against that, to recognise the Palestinian state. Starmer won't even call for a ceasefire. Can I ask you some tough questions? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I, I want to ask you some tough questions. What do you think about the attack on Israel that killed 1,400 people? Well, we don't support that. We didn't. We don't support the uh, attack by Hamas um, of only. We don't support that uh, uh, attack. In reality, that attack it was counterproductive. It, the so Netanyahu government has been. There's been a mass movement over the last year which people probably don't realise around the world. There's been a mass movement of strikes, of protest, against the Netanyahu's government, because it's a big business government. Can I ask you but, some more questions? But the attack by Hamas is counterproductive. What it did was it showed up support behind Netanyahu temporarily, I believe. So that's, a, that's looking at things from a utilitarian point of view. But how about from a moral point of view? Are you morally against the Hamas attack on southern Israel? No, we, we don't agree with the attack. For by, moral uh, reasons also? No, we don't agree. We don't agree. Look, from the perspective of how does ordinary people have a solution in the Middle East, which we think should be a socialist solution, where national rights of Palestinians and only Israelis uh, are protected uh, and respected. But the point is, is attacks like that uh, cannot win that, uh, cannot win that, because what they do is is that, unfortunately, they shore up support behind what is a right-wing government in Israel. I got two more questions, then I'll let you go. Thanks very much for giving me your time, by the way. Um, some, I hear a chant, from the river to the sea. And in my mind, that means that from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, that'll be a Palestinian country. Uh, is there room for an Israeli country also, or must Israel completely go, which I, is what I'm hearing. I think the vast majority of people, when they say that, are saying that the Palestinians at the moment don't have any real rights. You would, know, Would you support a no, Jewish no, country what there? I, what, I, what, what we say as a socialist party is there needs to be a socialist solution in Israel-Palestine, in the Middle East, for the Palestinian masses and ordinary Israelis, not 
the Netanyahu's of this world, not the Israeli uh, government and the Israeli uh, state. And that means for us, the first issue is it needs a socialist solution, mm -hmm. like we need in Britain, that can provide for ordinary people across the divide. Mm -hmm. And if that means that you have to have two socialist states that can work voluntarily work out that that relationship, then that would be a, you know a step in the right direction. Last question for you. Uh, there, there have been some anti-Semitic incidents and some anti-Semitic language. Are you worried about anti-Semitism in the UK? Look, I, I, the Socialist Party think like the vast majority of people are opposed to Islamophobia, are opposed to anti-Semitism, are opposed to all racism uh, that exists. And of course we are totally opposed to that, like we are opposed to Islamophobia and all sorts of, all sorts of racism. Uh, and all tax on uh, equality. Would you ever go to a vigil with Jews or Israelis uh, to, to show moral support for them after the well, losses look, of three weeks ago? Well, look, we are totally opposed to the attack by Hamas on the, uh, you know, in, that took place in Israel on October the 7th. Of course, some will say, but, but look, let's, we all must recognize this, this crisis didn't start on October the 7th. Right. We have had decades and decades mm -hmm. of oppression, of illegal occupation um, by the Israeli state, backed up by the Western capitalist uh, governments. But I tell you what we did do is when you had protests in London and around the world in support, in solidarity by Israelis in London with the protests against Netanyahu, we were on those protests. So we are here today in solidarity with the Palestinians and those supporting the Palestinians. But when you had a mass movement against the right-wing Netanyahu government and Israelis in his country were on, protested in solidarity, we were on those marches because we believe if there can be unity between the Palestinian masses and working people in Israel that can remove the capitalist government in Israel and have a socialist future, how that is worked out depends on uh, working people across those, uh, in those communities that is a solution for ordinary people. As I walked around the protest grounds, I saw a lot of kiosks or tents for similar organizations, anti-British, anti-American, uh, socialist workers. I even saw a communist revolution poster. So there is a British element to this. Most of the crowd, I would say 75%, look to be Islamic or, or uh, racialized, as they would say, but I'd say about a quarter of folks here were either woke, white, young people who've probably been through some grievance studies degree, or I think it's probably accurate to say just a lot of um, superannuated leftists who were for the disarmament movement in the 80s and for the environmental movement in the 90s, and now they're on the Free Free Palestine movement in the 2020s. It's the issue isn't the issue, the revolution is the issue. And that's how I'd put that socialist workers guy. Um, I noticed a few other things on the streets. For example, I noticed uh, a postering campaign. You might know that for the last few weeks uh, around the world, um, supporters of Israel, and I think people who are just appalled by terrorism, have put up posters for the missing kidnapped children who were taken as hostages by Hamas in their terror raid on Israel on October 7th. 
these have gone up in cities around the world and there's been videotape of people tearing down those posters, which is a shocking thing when you think about it. Well, this March, they've had their own version of those posters with children that they say Israel has killed. So they are certainly meeting the propaganda gap. There was a lot of propaganda and we filmed as many signs and chants as we could. Here, listen to some of the chants and see some of the signs. They're talking about an intifada revolution to, to make the river to the sea Jew free. Here, take a look at some of the things we saw. Well, it was good to talk to an old socialist worker, but I wanted to talk to people who had a little bit more skin in the game, people from the Muslim community. And again, there was not a cop in sight. We took our microphone flag off just so uh, if anyone knew Rebel News, they might not be turned off by it. And my questions, again, were very basic. I mean, we came across this bizarre site, which you see in, uh, in a few cities in the world, ultra-Orthodox Jews wearing their fur hats who are against the state of Israel. It's really weird. You would think that they, of all people, would want the state of Israel, but they have an obscure uh, sect that believes that there should be no state of Israel until the Messiah comes. And so any attempt to rebuild Israel before that is a kind of blasphemy because Jews should wander in exile. Jews should be driven out until God says, you're done. It would be like if Moses wanted to take a shortcut to the promised land instead of wandering for 40 years. These extremist Jews uh, want to take, uh, don't think a 2,000 year uh, uh, wandering is enough. So we, we saw some of those, uh, it, it's a very strange thing to see. And I saw a Muslim man who I think was from uh, Pakistan originally praising them. And I said, hey, let's talk to this fellow. Here's a little bit about how that conversation went. I'm going to truncate it a bit because he was quite voluble and I don't want to bore you with the whole thing. But at the end, when I asked him if Hamas was a terrorist group, and he said, oh, I don't make me condemn it. I said, I'm not asking you to condemn it. Just would you acknowledge that they're terrorists? Watch the conversation. It took me about five minutes to get to the essential question. Take a look. Yeah, my name is Javid, Kemal Javid. Yeah. Kemal Javid, nice to meet you. And you too, likewise. I, I, we, we're from Canada. I wonder if you can tell us what's going on and why you're here. Well, basically, we're here to support the Palestinian and the Israeli war that's currently going on. And we realize both sides, there's been a loss of life, there's been a lot of people killed. Other people, the officials know the actual numbers much better than we do. But really, what everybody's here now for is that we need a ceasefire. We need to stop this killing. Hey, can I ask you two more questions? Yeah. I don't want to take up yeah, too yeah, much of yeah. your time. No. Thanks yeah, for yeah. stopping and talking okay, to me. No what do you make of those guys? Oh, 
These are what well, I, I mean, I don't know them personally or whatever. These are Orthodox Jews, yeah, who themselves are going around with the banners and going around with the letters that they sent when Israel was created. As far as our religion is concerned, yes, we cannot even uh, take over a land that's not occupied. That's what the Orthodox Jews say. And they go, never mind the land that was previously already occupied. So what they're saying is like a lot of us are saying that basically their religion has been hijacked by people who have a different uh, agenda, people who sort of hijacked Judaism itself. That's what they're saying. I mean, I haven't spoken to them in detail, but like yourself, you can easily see this all over, you know. Can I ask you one last question, yeah. then I'll let you go. Yeah, and thanks yeah. again for your time. No problem. Um, there has been there have been anti-Semitic incidents and a lot of Jews in the United Kingdom say they feel afraid of violence and um, you know the threats of, of violent revolution and intifada what would you say about that no I mean I've, I've just shaken hand are these not the Jews we're talking about I'm we're we talking about different Jews I'm talking about you know there's a few hundred thousand yeah, Jews in yeah, the yeah, UK yeah, yeah. and their board of deputies and other Jewish leaders are reporting anti-semitic incidents yeah. Uh, I've seen videos of yeah. some of some anti-Semitic yeah. incidents. Yeah. Some Jewish shops have been smashed. Yeah. Are you worried about anti-Semitism? Well, I'm worried about anti-Semitism, just like Islamophobia, and I think some of this is being uh, taken a little bit out of proportion because you've got to have some key points, you know, like this 40 beheaded uh, babies or whatever. You know, you've got to implant this. I don't know if you remember, but Iraq war, you could not use as a media, you could not use any other terminology. You couldn't say chemical. It had to be WMD, WMD, WMD. Yeah. Do you think Hamas is a terrorist group? Hamas? Yeah. One, one group, one person's terrorist is another person's resistance. So how about for you? I don't, I don't know for that. You don't know if Hamas no, is a terrorist what group? They did that, what they did that, we would not, uh, we would not condone that. Okay, but yeah. would you condemn it though? Well, uh, See, if I hadn't seen enough interviews, I would condemn it. Would you condemn what Israel is doing right now? I, I'm interviewing you as a British Muslim, so no. I, I'm, I'm not even from Britain. I'm, I'm trying to understand. You, you said some interesting things. Yes. I just want to know if you think that Hamas is a terrorist group. Uh, I don't know from what they say. Yeah, Britain says they're a terrorist and group. What do you say? Well, I don't know any of the guys. You don't know? No, no I, I would easily say I've got no issues with that, yeah? The only reason... So, so will you say it? What? Oh, no, we're not going to go through no, this. No, I'm just wondering. Will you condemn Hamas? <laughs> will you condemn Hamas? Well, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm just, I'm actually not even asking you to condemn them. I'm no. just wondering if you think they're a terrorist group. Yeah, but do you think Nelson Mandela was a terrorist? You know what I'm... Before I'm, he became the world leader and before we all bowed down to you're, him. You're, you're did not, you say, Yasser Arafat was a terrorist. Wasn't Gandhi... So you think Hamas... But So you think Hamas is like Nelson Mandela? No, uh, I think, from what I hear and see, that they're more like sort of a resistant group. Who's funding them? Where they're from? I don't know. Well, I don't, but how about what they did? How, huh? Like, how about what they did? No, that was horrific. Okay, oh, so... I, I started off by saying, yeah. cannot kill... You know, because they're claiming to be Muslim. So why, why yeah. won't you just call them terrorists then? It's no big deal. If you would acknowledge they did horrific things, why don't you say they're a terrorist group? They did horrific things, but they, their horrific in numbers is 1,500. This horrific, which I just asked you to say, and then you backed off and you said... Well, I'm, just a, I'm a no. journalist. I'm, I, I'll give my opinions later. Okay, you give us 1,500 terrorists, mm -hmm. 7,000 and blackout and uh, all the killings, why is it so difficult to say that that's terrorism? Okay. 
Well, listen, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I will... we've got no qualms, but I'm just saying we're just trying to we're just trying to pick up bits and snippets of information and stuff that we get here. Last question, last yeah, question, okay. then I'll let you go, because yeah. uh, you, you've got so many interesting things to say. So some people here say from the river to the sea, yeah. Palestine will be free, yeah. which which implies from the Jordan River yeah. to the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. See, you know more than I do, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you think? You obviously believe that there should be a Palestinian state. Do you think there should also be a Jewish state in the Holy Land? Well, I think that these two groups of people have lived together before. I think they should, they can live together. There is a bigger agenda, which, as I said, what these guys have been uh, uh, screaming and shouting about, that Judaism is not Zionism. Okay, so do you think, should, should there... You know, if there was a Palestinian state, should there also be a Jewish state in the Holy Land? Well, I think yes, yeah. They can live together, the Christians can live together. How about the Jews? Well, yeah, of course the Jews can live together. Who who allowed them or who accepted them or who opened their arms up to them, you know, 1948 or whenever it was? It was whoever was there beforehand, which you can see on maps, which you can see on the coins everywhere, that there was a state called Palestine, yeah? And the two of them lived happily for some time. And then obviously this nationalism and other stuff got in the way. Mm. And I don't know who's sincere or who's not, but the people who are, who are supposed to be sincere and neutral, they're turning out to be not so sincere, not so neutral. Because if they can't at UN at least put their hand up and say, at least let's stop this. You know, whatever power they have. If they can't do that, what else are they gonna do? Huh? Thanks for giving me All so right much yeah. time. Right, Appreciate question. it. Thank All you. Right, take- well, by this point in time, most of the march had gone down the street. They went across, uh, you know, there's a lot of bridges in London. They went across the bridge and they came marching back another. There really were many thousands. So by this time, uh, the protests had really died down and some normal tourist life had come back to the streets. But I saw someone who was eyeing us, and he obviously wanted to talk, so I went up to him and introduced myself. He said his name was Ahmed, and um, he had a cameraman, too, who asked if he could film it at the same time. And I said, sure, I mean, why not? So our conversation was, uh, we weren't really on the same wavelength. Um, And uh, I tried to ask him what his vision was if he got his way. What would it be like? Would there even be an Israel at all? How would, if he, if he could wave a magic wand and have an outcome that he wanted, what would it look like? I'll show you a little bit of how that conversation went. I don't think it was particularly fruitful. Take a look. Mansour, I'm, I'm from, we're from Canada. It's my friend Lincoln. What's your name? Uh, Ahmed. Ahmed, good to meet you. So uh, are you, it looks like you're collecting uh, donations and you're doing some journalism. Doing some journalism indeed on YouTube, having tremendous amount of success as well with lots and lots of views on lots and lots of people showing considerable interest in the tyranny. Let's face it, it's tyrannical what the Israelis are doing. No matter what their opponents have done, their, their excess force has been so astronomical that we can see the people are not being fooled. That's why they're coming out in their hundreds of thousands. Last week's estimate, there was 350,000 people at this protest, but I would think there's, there's many, many more. I think we could be looking at the million. The question is, will our governments continue in this path of unequivocal support for Israel when their bombardment is so relentless, even to the extent that they have now rejected the statements of the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, and they've outrightly rejected his, his statements. Now, this is like, um, um, a catastrophe bordering on, you know, on the extinction of a particular race. Let me ask you about uh, the, the solutions, because I've heard different chants here. I've seen different 
posters, and I'm, and I'm trying to understand what the desired outcome is. So maybe you can tell me, what is the hope for resolution from your point of view? Well, UN Resolution 242. No, no, sorry, I don't mean UN Resolution. I, I mean, mean like on the ground. I understand. Okay, on the ground, immediate cessation of, of um, hostilities um, from all parties concerned. And by that proxy, an immediate and unequivocal guarantee that a solution is incumbent, meaning not, we're not going to have talks about talks like in the famous 1993 Oslo Accords where Bill Clinton got hold of Shimon Peres, and the first thing they mentioned is let's have talks about talks in reference to the Palestinian issue. But we want something done now. The immediate cessation of, of, of violence, Israel withdraws back to its pre-1967 borders. That will be the first prerequisite as according to the UN Resolution 242 and 338 where they have to disperse from the West Bank and Gaza, which they have not done and, and flagrantly um, rejected international law, which we are supposed to be great proponents of. So, um, back to the 1967 borders means the West Bank and the Gaza. Uh, but one of the chants I've heard is from the river to the sea. So that's the Jordan River, I imagine, and the Mediterranean Sea, which would cover Tel Aviv, which would cover uh, pre-1967 Israel. Do you believe there should be a state of Israel in the Holy Land? Well, Israel, this is a common fallacy of history that the land of Israel belongs to the Israelites. So you don't think it does? Well, if I, I'm, just giving, I'm giving you an elongated answer. It's not a simple yes or no. Because the, 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 the general understanding amongst the, um, of the Jews is that the Israelites were the natural inhabitants of the land of Palestine. But that's not the case. The Canaanites and the Philistines were there before them as well. So that's a misnomer. When Moses parted them from the sea and they went forth, it was not that that, that was their particular land. The land could have been chosen from there all the way to the river Euphrates. But it was not that that was their particular land. So at the moment, they have to, I mean, the 1967 borders would have to be the initial prerequisite, which they have to vacate the occupying lands. And obviously there are millions of people over there, so they can't be displaced, even though they're Israelis. So that's a given fact. So at the same time, there has to be some sort of accommodation for them, unless there is mass, mass repatriation back to different parts of the world which they came from, which is going to be unlikely. So it's not like we're going to be looking at, at, at um, augmenting another human catastrophe in the, fa in the, in the, in the shape of, of um, the Jewish people who are already there. But however, that would be the prerequisite, the 1967 borders. Oh, so prerequisite for what? For talks. To so, so Israel must withdraw from the occupied ter territory. That's a prerequisite. And who, should, uh, who would Israel's uh, negotiating counterpart be? Who would be on the other side of the table? Well, anyone who is of a particular understanding that that would be a, a central call. So any political party which evaluates that and understands that. Because what is the other alternative? So who would represent the people of Gaza? That would be the case. Whoever so Hamas? Whoever that would be the case, whoever is elected democratically. Supposedly, we have democratically elected governments. From my understanding, Hamas was democratically elected. I've never been to Palestine, so, but from my understanding, that was the case. So let the Palestinian people decide. Are you from Britain originally, or did you come here from... Yeah. And uh, do, do you mind me asking where you grew up? And, and, yes, and I was born and brought up in London. And what shaped your views on these subjects? Well, the historicity. I mean, the fact that Britain, unfortunately, not the Englishman, not the average Joe public, but our governments played terrible games. The Balfour Declaration, 1917, how they in France secretly tried to divide Palestine amongst themselves, having prom promised the Arabs the autonomous state that they would be getting. They played games galore, which they are unfortunately doing now. You have to accept this. Do you accept that the British and the Americans are playing games? Do you accept this? 
Well, I, 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 except historically speaking, the Balfour Declaration, the British government at that time were playing games in trying to divide and rule, where they were pr promising the Arabs that they would have their country back if they supported them um, during the First World War. And after that, they broke their treaties and they were between France and Britain. They were going to divide Palestine for themselves. But, in, uh, but in the, on the blind side, um, the relevant um, uh, Israeli um, uh, groups, they got together and decided otherwise with support from the US. Well, I think my friend Ahmed was getting a little bit bored of my questions and he wanted to ask me questions. And he put a question to me that was so, so many uh, clauses and caveats and preambles. It was sort of an impossible question to answer. Uh, I'll show you the question. And, uh, and they got a little stroppy because I just didn't want to be interviewed then. I wanted to interview them. They were the ones at the protest. They were the ones with the message. They wanted to flip the script. Here's how that question went. You've asked me relentless questions. I'd like to ask you, uh, yeah, I'd ask, I've asked several of your questions. What I'd like to ask you, do you condemn the Israeli government's barbaric bombardment of the innocent people of Palestine in which the indigenous masses of this country are viewing and coming out and protesting? I, I don't think I want to answer that question. I want to be a reporter. It's amazing. Wherever you guys seem, the Western media are so frivolous to criticize Israel in any capacity. It's like an endemic fear that they could lose their job or they could lose any other... I, I'm not worried about losing my job. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just here to ask... I'm here to ask you some questions. If you don't want to, if, if you don't want to answer anymore, that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Several of your questions. So again, that's fair that I ask you a basic... Yes, but we agreed. We agreed that you will ask some questions. Yes, we agreed upon that. I'm asking you reasonable questions. We're asking you reasonable, responsive questions. It seems that you're not going to accept this 1917 Balfour Declaration. You're not going to accept what the Western governments got up to. They're trying to divide and rule. The British have already accepted this was their policy during the subcontinent era as well. So let's face it, all these events that are occurring in the world, in Kashmir, in Palestine, wherever you guys have been the result of the foreign policies of the Western governments, in particular Britain and now today America. Do you accept this or not? Do I, I, you're saying about 20 things and asking me if I no, accept it. Singular question. It's a very long say, question. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll shorten it. Just, just I, no did you come to the Kashmir protest? Did you come to the rally for Kashmir? Yeah, so, so we seem to be digressing. It's a fair question to have asked. You seem to be going on the, on, on the tangent. Well, it's a very, well you so just what, mentioned so the crisis in Kashmir, so and I wonder if you were here for the so rally. What happens is when the Muslim audience will, or people in general will observe our conversation, and I've answered your questions, and you've not answered a singular one, they're going to... Well, I'm not, I'm not here as a, a protester. You are, you are deliberately not looking to answer the questions because you're fearful of potential repercussions. If the question is, do you support killing children, obviously the answer is no. Of course not. And that's one of the reasons why the attack on southern Israel on October 7th was so barbaric. It deliberately killed children. But I also know that in every war since the beginning of time, there are civilian casualties, including, unfortunately, from time to time, children. Now, the laws of war say that you must minimize damage uh, to civilians. You must minimize civilian casualties. So that would be my answer to the question. But that question doesn't really fit to the freighted preamble. And, and I just didn't want him to uh, subject my answer to his creative editing, because I could feel he and especially his cameraman were getting a bit agitated. But if you want to know my view, I think that no child should be killed ever, either on purpose or by accident. 
I think Hamas is the terrorist group that deliberately targets Israeli civilians and that deliberately hides behind Palestinian civilians. I think Israel is the, is the country that does its best to stop terror attacks against its civilians, including with the Iron Dome anti-rocket system, and that actually warns uh, civilian areas in advance an attack is coming by dropping leaflets, by announcing in advance uh, where an attack will be made. Uh, in recent days, we saw that the major hospital in Gaza, the Al-Shifa hospital, underneath it is the command bunker for the terrorists. They are literally put their command bunker under a hospital, knowing that Israel would be reluctant to strike it. So that's my long answer. Of course, I'm against children being killed and especially against children being killed on purpose. But I also know that in war, sometimes civilians are collateral damage, and that is a tragedy. And that's why there must be peace in Israel. But simply invoking a ceasefire, uh, which existed on October 7th, it would be like on the day after Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941, if Japan said, hey, ceasefire now, guys. Or if the day after 9-11 on 9-12, if Osama bin Laden had said, hey, guys, ceasefire. It's not really how it works. But I didn't want to, to have his deceptive editing. So that's my very long answer. Not that you didn't know it. Uh, but as you can see, things were starting to get a little bit agitated there. And I just didn't want to stick around. And he was getting a little bit angry. And his uh, cameraman was getting a little bit insulting. And then it was like a switch was flipped because a number of people were watching. And by the way, I was very polite throughout. Of course I was polite. I, uh, I just want to point out the helicopter uh, above there. It looks like, oh, and I just heard something that sounded like a firecracker. I'm, I'm thinking that that's where the protest, we saw it march across that bridge. In fact, you can still see some of it on the bridge between the Sphinx and the obelisk. So I imagine that helicopter overhead is where the protest is now. I just wanted to explain it and react to the noise. Um, but back to the story. So I was talking with Ahmed and it was degenerating and his cameraman was insulting me. And so I, I basically was done. And, it, and people were watching from a distance and it was like a switch was flipped. And they suddenly started screaming at me, get out, get out. This is not for you. What are you, like it was, it, it was, it was like uh, they pressed play on a message track and they went into hysterical mode. Let me show you how some it was. And I want to let you know that none of the people you're about to see, I, I didn't talk to any of them other than Ahmed. I didn't go up to any of them. They came to me and started shrieking. Take a quick look at this. Kids. Do you want to talk a little bit? How about other places? Free Palestine! Free Palestine! We don't care. Just the kids. Just the kids. It's the kids. As the conversation was with me initially, may I ask you to turn back? Get out of here. Get out. Why should I get out? Because why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you bothering people fighting for, fighting for people that are getting killed? 50% of Gaza is children. We're fighting for their rights. So why are you bothering us while we're crying? We're more. We're mourning, we're mourning children and you're bothering us while we're mourning children. Stop bothering us while we're mourning the kids of Gaza. Let us do a process.
There's a morn. We've been crying. We haven't slept. And your hair. Why are you here? Get out of here. Just the fact that Hamas started it. Okay, and then look what you're doing. The seventh. What happened to babies? These 40 babies. And there's this 15 years. Enough. 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 I've been to Gaza. I'm a doctor. I went to Gaza. This is Rebel News today speaking on behalf of their channel. Maybe this asked one question. What are your views on the Israeli bombardment of Gaza? Can we have your one singular view, please? Yeah, let's hear yours. Well, I'm here to understand what the protest is about. Obfuscation. You can never criticize. Just see yourself out. If you don't know what it's for, see yourself out. We came here. We have hurt our our. We are crying inside the house. We came here. You know, it's not fair. It's not fair. The words. Ignore it. Why? Why? Fine. Let me just say, I've been to Gaza. I'm a medic. I went before this all happened. I saw a child get shot by the IDF. The, the IDF stopped us with our ambulances to get to the child. It was atrocious before this, and now it's even more worse. I'm banned from Israel because they, 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 they took my details and said, no, you're not coming back as a medic to help the Gazans. So just go away, please. Do you condemn the killing of children in Gaza? Look at the reporter, look at the reporter, mashallah, yes, you are too good. Do you condemn the killing of the children in Gaza, Mr. Reporter? I'm, I'm here to ask questions about the protest, and uh, you've already attacked me and insulted me. You see, you both have, actually. Take care, fellas. Go away, go away, go away, go away. I'm glad it was not packed. I'm glad that there were some police, actually most of the police had gone by then, but it showed me the false face. I spoke to a number of people who were putting their best face forward. They didn't know who Rebel News was and they just wanted to look good to the cameras. It took me a while to get that one guy, Khaled, if, I, if, if I'm getting his name right, to uh, say, no, no, I'm not going to call Hamas terrorists. It took me a few minutes to get to that. I, I think what I learned from that is that the pro-Hamas community in London, some of them can control themselves and know that if they show exactly what they believe, they'll freak out a lot of people. If they show what they mean by from the river to the sea, that that means the extermination of all Jews. If they show what they mean by intifada revolution, intifada basically the Arabic word for pogrom, which meant the, the Russian-style anti-Semitic riot. If they show these things to the media, people will recoil because there are still enough Brits of goodwill and good faith who don't like what they see on the streets. It was interesting to me that that mask fell in a heartbeat and the rage and the, the, the dramatic acting uh, came out. And I'm just glad that happened when things had dispersed rather than when it was cheekened by jowl at the beginning of the protest. Anyways, uh, that's my report for today. I'm glad I was here. Uh, the UK has an enormous problem. We see it starting to grow in Canada too, where there have been some uh, protests of a thousand or even several thousand. But it is a fact that 100,000 people marched here a week ago and, and surely tens of thousands marched today. The UK has an enormous problem. Even if only a fraction 
of the Muslim population is extreme. And even only, if only a fraction of that does anything about it, the sheer numbers of mass immigration without any cultural vetting, without any denazification, so to speak, I think this problem, this country has a problem. The problem for the UK is not in Gaza, it's not in the Middle East, the problem's in London. I'm here in London where I was attending one of the large pro-Hamas rallies. We've been covering the war between Hamas and Israel very carefully to see all of our coverage on the subject and to chip in to help crowdfund our journalism. Go to thetruthaboutthewar.com.